Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hey, happy February, everyone, and welcome back to Talk Purpose and Truth. It's Kim. Hi, Eden. Hi, Kim. Thank you for thank you everybody for being here. Thank you for listening. So oh, yeah. we have a we have another fascinating guest, and there's so much to ask her and talk about with her because she's done so many amazing things that we decided to go right into it today. So Tina Guo is a Grammy Award nominated and Brit Female Artist of the Year nominated musician who has established an international career as a virtuoso acoustic electric cellist, multi-instrumentalist, composer, and entrepreneur. You have heard her most recently on the soundtrack of Dune. Her latest solo album, I'm going to say it wrong, probably DS Iray, hopefully I said it right, was released in, (laughs) she'll correct me if I didn't, was released in (laughs) August 2021 on Sony Masterworks. A self-managed artist, Tina is passionate about investing, financial planning, and self-actualization. We love that. Mm -hmm. She also directs, produces, and edits most of her own music videos and offers career consultations to other creatives, encompassing sustainable career growth, branding, wealth building, stage performance, and being hands-on in today's music business climate. Outside of music, Tina loves to spend time with her two fur babies, pizza and bagel. So cute. (laughs) She is passionate about coffee, traveling, nature, and anything high-tech. Welcome, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. Hello. <laughs> I Hi. Know you told me, and now I'm like, I don't remember if I pronounced that correctly. How do you say it? Oh, uh, uh, DSE Ray is the album. Is that what you're asking about? Yeah, I just didn't yes. remember if I said it correctly. What's <laughs> the- oh, that's okay. That's okay. It's uh, Latin for the yeah. day of wrath. <laughs> oh, that's kind of scary. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love well, scary. Well, scary is great. Well, Dune, isn't that what the movie's kind of similar? It matches the movie. Dune or <laughs> Well, where did that? So tell us about your upbringing and how you got started and then maybe you can kind of add in what that album title means. I mean, why why you chose it? Sure, sure. Um so I uh, was born in China in the year 1985. uh, And I was raised by very, very conservative, traditional Chinese, obviously, um, classical musician parents. So um, I've, I've talked about it before a lot. And I don't, I sometimes I tend to talk too much. So I will try to be as concise as possible. Um, But it was really an upbringing that was honestly super limited in what I was exposed to musically, life-wise. And pretty much I was raised like in a boot camp. Um, And I I was required uh, to say that nicely. I was required to practice eight hours a day, every day, sometimes 10 hours a day from uh, when I started the cello at age seven. Um, Mm. So I was groomed, you know, really to be a musician. Um, And so that was kind of the way that it started. And and to be honest, um, 
I'm sure you, you know, you've talked to so many amazing musicians and I think a lot of them, music was a passion, was something that they wanted to do themselves. For me, I'm not sure if it's something I wanted to do myself because I didn't really have a choice. Um, so it actually started off as a very, um, I, don't, I wouldn't even say love, hate. It was more like eh, hate <laughs> relationship, mm. honestly, because it was so much um, pressure, you know, and, and to not truly have a life outside of music for the first 18 years of my life. Um, and it really wasn't until I left home at 18, I attended USC for a classical cello performance. Um, and I was able to, I guess, like, you know, my eyes and my you know mind was open to other things outside of what I was ex exposed to. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I have, I do have um, the skill set, you know, just purely from being forced to practice for so many hours that I can now apply, like take and apply to be able to express my own passion and other things. Um, so it, it ended up working out. Um, so that's really just the honest truth about my musical background. Um, and then DS E-Ray uh, released on Sony Masterworks is my second album. And I honestly never, I didn't even think I would ever be signed to a label, let alone a major label. So previous to that, I self-released, self-produced 10 albums. Um, wow. And so this is my second on uh, Sony. And I'm just really, really, truly grateful, especially with, you know, how the music business is now to even have yeah. that opportunity, you know. Um, and uh, there's 13 tracks. My favorite number is 13. Um, <laughs> the the album conceptually is set uh, in the year 3000 uh, in space. And, wow. um, and the very last track, which uh, I mean, I love you know all the tracks that we were able to do for the album, but the very last one features Serge, uh, the singer of System of a Down. So oh, that was yeah. my first. Yeah, it was my first uh, collaboration with a vocalist, believe it or not, you know, after that many albums. Um, and it was amazing to be able to work with him um, all remotely because it was done during COVID. Uh, and then to be able to shoot, you know, a music video for that. So, you know, if anyone's curious to see uh, <laughs> this very random mishmash, they can check it out on YouTube or wherever. It's on wow. YouTube. And then how about your album? How do they find that? Yeah, it's on all uh, all digital retailers worldwide. So my, if you just okay. type in my name, um, you can find that and all of my other, you know, previous musical experimentations and releases. Wow, okay. how cool! And that's so great. Your first, um, your first person that you worked with is actually very well known. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember, um, you know, I wasn't allowed to listen to other types of music uh, growing up, but I do remember a couple times in like carpools on the way uh, to and from middle school. I don't know why I just remember this very specifically Twin Peaks Middle School, driving down the street, System of a Down was really big in Lincoln Park, you know, in that era. Um, and I love them. I'm like, Oh, my God, this is so cool. It's so <laughs> like, it kind of ethnic and dark and heavy. Um, and so it really was um, surreal and amazing to be able to, you know, collaborate with uh, with him. Oh, wow. And you manifested it. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm very big on, on uh, manifestation. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> we are too. You're on yeah. the right show. Yay. Okay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We talk about that probably on every every episode. We talk about that. Um, you're very, you seem very confident in yourself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> do you think, do you feel like you're confident? You know, I, uh, so right now, um, it's actually perfect that I think I'm on this podcast, you know, because uh, I, I feel like the first, I'm 36, uh, the first 35 and a half um, years of my life have been purely devoted to my career. Um, and I, and I, again, I didn't 
I feel like I had no choice. It was kind of like determined for me. And I just kept going down that path. Um, and then as far as like, you know, uh, I think on a, on a business sense, career sense, um, I've been able to manifest, work mm-hmm. for, achieve like a lot of the, most of the goals that I had set, you know, back in the day, what, 15 years ago when I started. Um, and I, I realized very recently that there are some parts of me, I mean, obviously, you know, the way that I describe my upbringing is in a very soft manner, very generalized, um, but there was a lot of trauma, a lot of childhood trauma, you know, that I think I buried in achievement, financial success, you know, career, like all of that stuff that I think is sadly pretty common. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've realized, uh, <laughs> yeah, very, very recently that I do have uh, these issues that I have not fully uh, dived into. Like I, I only started seeing and speaking to a therapist for the first time less than a year ago. Um, and so now uh, I've, I'm really, really focusing on that. So to answer your question, I feel like yeah. overall, generally, I am confident, like I'm, you know, I'm, happy about life. I'm grateful for so many things in my life. Um, but I, I did realize that the one area where my confidence seems to disappear into a pool of anxious attachment style um, is, is definitely in romantic relationship. And, and that uh, has unfortunately manifested itself over and over again in these like repeated patterns. And it's something that, you know, better late than never, but after, you know, 35 years, I'm like, okay, there's one area of my life that I don't seem to have quite um, figured out. So that's something that I'm working on. So I, I don't know if that's a lack of confidence, but I think it's more of just um, really questioning myself. Cause I think that's hard to do, to be brutally honest with yourself and, and ask, am, am I messed up, you know, a little bit, am I damaged in some way? Is there something I need to change? Um, so yeah, that would be, I guess I'm, I'm yes. And, and working on it. So. Yeah. Well, I think that goes along with um, value, self-worth, Mm-hmm. Um, acceptance, things like that, where I think the way you grew up, it sounds like everything was done for you or told this is how you should feel and this is how you should be and live, you know, and so then there, there was no space for you to figure out who you are. Um, so now you're learning, you're getting to learn that now at this age, it's not too late. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it, you yeah. seem you do seem confident though it, for for what you went through, and you know look at you you just what you've accomplished on your own, and it sounds like I hope you're making your decisions now on your on your own, and yeah you're happy with yourself you're happy with your choices so you are you you've really come a long way that's what it sounds like. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I think it it came you know a lot of my drive also came from just wanting. Uh, so badly to break out of like the chains, you know, cause I felt yeah. I spent so many years feeling so repressed in every way, you know? And, um, and I think for me, the way, what I saw freedom, a key to freedom is success, to be honest, you know, to not have to depend on other people, to not, um, have to struggle as I think a lot of people do, especially musicians. Um, and so I think now that that area of my life, cause you know, how, how much success is enough success? How much money is enough money? You know, how, how, how much do I need in my stock market portfolio? It's like at, at, at some point you realize it's never going to be enough, you know, because there are other things um, that need to be worked on. I think that are a little bit um, deeper and I think more difficult. Um, and it's funny. I, I always say again, because of the way that I was raised, like almost uh, in a very robotic manner where I like my feelings, my desires, 
didn't matter. It was just, you're going to do this and this is what you do. And the purpose of your life is to be successful and to bring honor upon the family. Like it's very, you know, that's what it is. And uh, yeah, it's like, I'm having my, my second uh, childhood, maybe up, like whatever it is, like now trying to reparent myself um, and, and figure, figure out like a good balance. You know? mm-hmm. Like a rebirth. Right. It's really common. Um, I, I had a spiritual mentor for years and he taught me that you go through a seven year shift every seven years and 35 mm-hmm. is a very common age to go through like a kind of deepening of your spirituality, your intuition, your knowing of yourself. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're just launched onto this path of doing that and you can't not do it because you're just pulled to it. And, um, I think that it's great because the more we can admit, you know, we're messy, we're imperfect. We have things that we can heal. Then you're going to feel freer and happier. And then your work's going to be even more joyful to you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, we have an episode, um, you made me think of it, um, attachment style, um, Mm -hmm. Thais Gibson, she's an expert on attachment style. And we did an episode with her like about a, maybe 10 months ago or something like that. So if you, if you scroll ago. back, you can find it. It was very good. <laughs> I'll yeah. definitely check that out. <laughs> so on to more about your performing. So I'm going to name a few of the amazing performances that really stand out to us among many. You've performed with Foo Fighters at the Grammys. I love Foo Fighters mm-hmm. from 2011 to 2013 as the featured electric cellist with Cirque du Soleil's Michael Jackson, the Immortal World Tour, and we love Michael Jackson, (laughs) as well as with globally famous symphony orchestras, and you've been featured on the Ellen DeGeneres show playing Beat It on Electric Cello and performed at the American Country Music Awards with Carrie Underwood on Dancing with the Stars with Carlos Santana and India Irie. I think I remember seeing you on that. Oh, my God. I think so, too. Yeah, me <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, I love it. Um, Jimmy Kimmel Live with Ellie Goulding and the MTV Awards, American Idol, the Sold Out Staples Center, and more. What has this been like? And can you tell us about some of your standout moments? Like, what are the ones that really stand out and bring back that feeling for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, It's funny. It's like when I... Of course, I, I I remember you know every performance, but sometimes you know life goes on and you kind of like for, forget you know and not not that I take it for granted, but just listening to you you know read over some of those, I'm like oh yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I should be I, <laughs> I should be confident. I should be confident no. because look at all yeah. that I've done. <laughs> no, and it's like okay, I've done you know I've done stuff, and I'm great again, grateful for those experiences. You know, um, uh, so okay, uh, my most. Oh my gosh, it's it's very difficult to choose between all your babies, of course, right? Or all the yeah. experiences. I think um, for for me uh, on like a larger scale, I would say the very first show, opening night in Montreal um, at the uh, arena. So it was I think thirty five thousand people um, with the Cirque du Soleil, the Michael Jackson show that you mentioned. That was my very first time. So th- it was uh, in two thousand eleven. It was my very first time playing in an arena setting. Um, like featured, you know, I had done some smaller gigs and stuff like that before as a member of like a backing orchestra, but to be like front, like more of a featured musician. Um, And I just remember like sticking my head out (laughs) of the back and seeing all those people and feeling that um, nervousness, you know, which you can transmute into excitement, of course, because it's a similar feeling. Um, But I just remember feeling like, oh my, oh my God, this is insane. I've, I've, 
dreamed about this and to be able to do it on the electric cello because um, you know I dabble in a lot of different kinds of music but for me heavy metal industrial metal is my passion now Michael it. yeah Michael Jackson is not metal obviously no. <laughs> but um but but the way that I my character was in the show uh it was actually an alien with half my head shaved you know I have one butt cheek hanging out covered in Swarovski crystals uh oh, wow. and the way that I played was very aggressive it was like distorted heavy electric cello so it sounded like a guitar um and I I did feel like okay, I, I was able to manifest, you know, with my just pure obsession and in my hope of being able to do this with, uh, with the cello and to break free of um, the classical world. Not that there's anything wrong with the classical world. I still play classical music. Um, and so that was very memorable. And then the other extremely memorable uh, moment. So for about five or six years after I moved to Los Angeles uh, to go to school, um, you know, it was definitely... A struggle like things did not <laughs> were not working I think I had maybe six or seven failed band projects I mean I was just I was doing uh, I was getting all of my gigs off of Craigslist um, mm -hmm. I was playing for like literally 20 to 40 dollars per per night to barely cover parking or gas or sometimes it wouldn't um, just with different like anybody who would pay um, just to get experience you know to to play music that wasn't what I was raised in which is you know classical recitals you know symphony halls um, and so I uh, was short on rent, you know, one month and I was like super desperate. And I remember <laughs> this one person sent me a message in response to my Craigslist ad saying, oh, you know, I wanted, I want to, um, I want to hire you for a private gig, you know, at my, at my condo. And I want to propose to my girlfriend Aww. and it's like, you know, so it, it was very sweet. And um, I did not have a cell phone at the time because I couldn't afford a cell phone. So it was only by email. So, uh, and I drove out there. I forgot where it was like super far up north. I was living in a dorm, sharing a dorm with somebody at USC in downtown. So I drove all the way up there. It took like an hour to get there. Uh, and then when I got there, like I didn't even think at the time, like, oh, nobody knows where I am. I don't have a cell phone. I didn't yeah. tell anyone where I was going. So it could have gone badly. I mean, obviously I'm alive now, so everything was okay. But <laughs> um, but I, I got there and he's like, oh, can you, do you mind hiding in the closet? And I said, you want me to hide in the closet? He's like, yeah, well, I don't want her to know that you're here. So if you could take out your cello and then hide in the closet, then when she comes home from work and goes upstairs to shower, which is like her routine, um, I want you to like come, but like have the cello ready. So you're going to jump out of the closet and oh then God. start playing. And then I'm going to get down on one knee and it's going to be so great. And which, I, and I thought, okay, cool, whatever. Um, and she ended up uh, being late. So I uh -huh. was I mean, I think I'm, I don't know exactly how long it was. Cause again, I didn't have a phone, but at least like 20 minutes, which kind of seems like an eternity in a tiny coat closet that was like, yeah. it's black. Um, and, 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 oh my God, in those 20 minutes, I, I suddenly realized, oh my God, what if this is the end of my life? Yeah. <laughs> what if this is like, um, and so, and eventually she did come home. I jumped out. I played the Bach prelude. She said, yes, he paid me $50. And then I got back in the car and drove back an hour to downtown LA. And I, you know, I've told that story a few times, but honestly, like I can, you know, I can talk about, you know, arenas, stadiums, or being able to play at Vacuum uh, in 2019. Uh, that honestly was probably one of my career highlights playing at in front of a hundred thousand people at like a oh my gosh. Big metal festival. 
but I still have to say that that gig from Craigslist and hiding in the closet, I think that is my most memorable um, because <laughs> I actually felt like I might die. <laughs> yeah, you'll oh never forget God. that. <laughs> I will never forget that. <laughs> no. Wow. Wait, so you played at a metal, like a heavy metal festival in Europe? Yes, yes. So uh, Vakin is the biggest metal festival in the world. And I was um, able to perform there. So I they have all these like different uh, villages and stages. And so I played at the gaming village because my first album uh, released on Sony is called Game On. And it's like my my renditions of a bunch of like amazing uh, video game music. So there's so much great music from games. Uh, some of it was very heavy, like the metal stuff. So that's what I was performing. And because I was there, the label reached out to the other artists who were performing on the main stage and asked, I, I, I was almost like, are you sure? I, I'm like shy. I'm like embarrassed. I, don't, I wouldn't do that myself. But they said, no, no, no. We're going to reach out to the other artists and see if anybody wants to collab with you. I'm like, okay. I, I really didn't expect anything to happen. But um, two, two of the uh, band, so Beyond the Black, which is a German uh, metal band, and then Sabaton, you know, this incredible band. Um, so they, Sabaton was having like a special double stage, so two main stage show, uh, and they both performed on the same day. But anyway, they both bands were like, yeah, we want Tina to play with us. So I was able to uh, have like a little, you know, two or three songs featured with both of those projects. And that was really really a lot of fun that was definitely pure pure passion for the music that was not and how does it feel <laughs> yeah. to be in front of that many people um it felt i don't i don't know what the right word is but it's like i for, for me um it's like perform, performing is a it's an energy exchange you know and i think um when I, when I practice, you know, all those years spent practicing when I practice at home, I think of it as I'm training my physical body because it's a, it's a vessel, right? So I'm training it to, uh, to be able to do things manually, physically that need to be done in order to express emotion. Because for, for me, at least in the end, that's what it is. I think if you're um, a musician and you can, sure, you can play a lot of notes, you know, anyone who practices whatever that many hours, you can play a lot of notes, but if there's no feeling or passion or emotion behind it, um, I, I, I personally don't resonate with that. So I think um, when you're, when, when there's that many people and everyone's completely just in the moment and just, it's like you're high together just on you know, <laughs> on energy. a natural, just it, it's pure energy. And I, I, I like for me, it's like the bigger the audience is, the more I feel like the cycle of, um, yeah, it's like spirit or energy passing through. And then I'm able to like project it. And then it's like a, uh, and if it's, you know, a nice audience, that's not just standing there like, what is she doing? Uh -huh. It's, it's a, no, it's such a, oh my God, it's, it's, one of the best feelings in the world, I think, for 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 everybody. You know, it's a very uh, circular uh, experience. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing, and just it's just extraordinary that you've been able to experience that. And then to think you went like I love how you just told a story about a closet <laughs> for fifty bucks, and then you tell a hundred thousand people. And what was that like between only how many years later? Like what um, eight years or something? No, I mean, that 2019, the closet, I think, <laughs> was 2008, maybe eight or nine. So no, yeah. a little, 11 years. Isn't um, that crazy? It, like, I think that's such an example of what, you know, people get so like, oh, what's the use? Oh, you know, what's going to happen? And look at what you went from, you know, that's amazing. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, yeah. I think anything anything is possible as long as you have enough um, obsessive obsessive uh, manifestation, but also active, you know, uh, action to bring that manifestation into reality for sure. Yeah, that's for mm -hmm. sure. You have it's so exciting. A lot of what you're talking about has to feel so exciting. How mm -hmm. do you stay grounded? You know, in between times and you know, down to earth? How, how do you do that with all that excitement? Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like, like for me, um, I'm not sure if this is the right, you know, I, I'm sorry, I have so many thoughts right now going through my head, but I, I've never been drunk. I've never tried almost, well, okay, I've tried marijuana, but like other substances, I think I'm just for whatever reason, um, it's not even how I was raised particularly. I'm just really into not as much as possible, not putting things, I think, in my body again, I don't judge, you know, what anybody does, of course, but um, that alter my state, my my own state of consciousness, um, yeah. and I tried to get into that high state just through through art, through music, through sex, through like you know all of the things that we have at our disposal mm -hmm. um, that are already amazing. Um, but as far as like being grounded, uh, I do love yoga, you know. So I try yeah. to start every day because um, I realize if I don't have a morning routine where I do the most important things for myself. And this is something I established or reestablished very recently. Um, I think, you know, having to do with my whole, you know, questioning existential crisis, questioning my existence thing going on. Um, but I realize if I don't practice the cello, but purely for myself, not, not for, you know, uh, a, a soundtrack, because now I do a lot of remote recording, especially with the pandemic, um, for projects and stuff, which is great. But that's not the same thing as playing music for yourself. It's like when you have something that uh, is a form of expression and art and passion, but somehow at the same time, it's also your job. Sometimes I think it gets mixed and it can get a little bit, um, stained is not the right word, but there's also a lot of stress and other stuff that's logistical that's attached to it. Yeah. Um, so now I, I get up in the morning. I always, it's kind of weird, but I, I drink coffee and do yoga at the same time, not in downward dog, <laughs> but like I will, I will do my coffee yoga for an hour and then I'll practice for at least an hour, just, you know, whatever, like not for any purpose. You know, I think that was one thing I realized everything I did, I, I like became like my parents or how I was raised, like I had to have like a end goal, like, why am I doing this? It's so I can, you know, record this so I can make money. So it, everything was very, um, not contrived, but just like, there's like a, there has to be a reason for it. And I realized that's not healthy, you know, to, to be like that 100%. So, you know, this morning, I just randomly picked a couple of classical pieces, I noodle around a little bit. And I know, if I at least get those two things down, and I walk my dogs, um, then no matter what happens the rest of the day, I will still feel grounded. Because you know what happens if you don't do the most important things in the morning, there's things just come up and oops, you know, yeah, <laughs> and then you get tired. So true. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, I think that's going to be, those are all like a lot of good tips for people to hear. Yeah. Uh, yeah I hope to follow my own tips. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Easier yeah. Said than done. That's a whole other thing. You <laughs> yeah. can give them, give them out as much as you want, but yeah, you actually have to do them for yourself. Yeah. So that's yeah. part of your self care. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. What about on tour? Like if there's a crazy schedule, are you able to fit that in? Yes. Um, <laughs> I always like people are like, oh, you're like a grandma, Tina. I'm like, I can't. It's just how I am. And I think because <laughs> I, I kind of like, I don't know what I would have been like if my if I was raised with like parents that were super carefree, but um, I just never, I mean, actually I've tried, you know, to go out to clubs to like, 
I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm very social. I love people. Um, I'm definitely extroverted, but like larger crowds and, you know, really ironically, like loud, large crowds, like really stresses me out. You know, like if I'm like in it, you know, so, um, I don't know. Also, also like when I'm on tour, um, a lot of times, you know, my friends, like they'll go and they'll explore like different cities and check out the sites, but I don't know if this is good or bad. I think it's just the way I am. I feel like I put, like, when I talk about energy, it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm like conserving, like cocooning, you know, like a little caterpillar, like as much energy as possible. And so I basically just like, this is terrible, but like just, you know, go to the hotel breakfast buffet because it's a buffet and it's, you know, free and we all love free food. Um, so I'll <laughs> do that. And then maybe go to the spa, you know, do yoga, same thing. And then uh, like go on my computer and catch up on work stuff. So I don't really go on and like have a lot of like fun or like explore things because I, I just feel like I'm physically conserving as much energy as possible because when I get on stage, it's like a complete, I mean, just like it's the last moment of my life. You know, I just like let everything out like a yeah. de demonic, like I like whatever it is. And I think um, physically, I, I, again, I don't know if that's healthy. It's a little extreme, um, but it's just how I've functioned for whatever reason. Um, so on tour, yeah, I actually, you know, I do, I always make sure I do yoga. You know, I try to sleep enough. I catch up on like logistical uh, business things. Cause like you mentioned earlier, I am self-managed, self-agented. Like I do all of that um, stuff, which takes many, many hours every day for sure. Mm -hmm. And um, wow. just want to comment on what you said about, I don't know why I am to that extreme when I'm performing. Mm -hmm. It sounds to me like it's an outlet for you because you were so repressed for so many years. So now it's like you're letting your way to let it out yes. and to have your, to have a voice yes. to, be, to be heard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. That's very true. And um, I, I feel like if I can't like physically, if I don't have the energy or like the mental, it's like a laser focus on just one thing, you know, and, and perhaps it's created in my mind, but I feel like if I do other things, like it'll, the energy will dissipate and it's like going to other things. And so like complete laser obsessed focus just for the one moment, you know, or for the three hours. I think your soul needs that though. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> what does your family think of what you do now? Um, I think, well, you know, honestly, for I think for a lot of years, it was a very, it was a difficult relationship. We didn't talk for a couple of years after I left home. Um, and, you know, they, they were definitely uh, confused <laughs> and like not, uh, not happy with what I was doing, but simply because it was outside of their reality they've just never you know my parents were raised in communist china you know they they met in the army in the in the red army and like it's it's i i don't think there's any blame from me now like you have to understand where people are coming from they carry their own experiences their own you want to talk about trauma like their own traumas and stuff so they're only operating from what they think is the best you know for their children or for you um and so yeah it was i i think now they're they're proud I think <laughs> you know like they're, they're not very um, uh, expressive in a in a expressive way but I, mm -hmm. I think I think uh, because they were able to see that I was able to find um, just to be honest financial success you know that was that was one of their big concerns which I understand you know when you come from a very impoverished background which you know I mean I had the same experience um, you really do seek 
security. You know, you don't want to uh, have to worry and struggle about where your next meal is coming from. Um, and I understand that. So I think it, it really wasn't until after I started um, making more money, you know, again, that they were like, oh, okay, we don't understand what she's doing. You know, she's like frolicking around on stage with this electronic cello thing, but I guess it's fine. So, so now it's fine. I mean, it's been, it's been many years um, and I think they've uh, grown to accept it, you know? Do they watch you perform? Do they ever go to your performances? Yes, they they've come to some. <laughs> I think the I think the last one. Oh my gosh, they came. Um, was it a show with Hans? I think it might have been a Hans Zimmer live show. But I but it's it is very loud. You know, it's like a it's like it's a rock show. You know, with huge like the whole arena is like shaking. Um, and and they were like, oh, it's so loud. I'm like, okay, it's not like classical music. But um, but yeah, they have come to some of my concerts. Yeah. And when they are there, do you feel self-conscious at all? Or are you still express expressing yourself the same way? I am expressing myself the same way. I think if it were a smaller audience, if it was like in a recital hall or a class, I think I would be a lot more like I would feel weird because you'd be able to see them or like know where they are. But also a part of like when there's when it's like so many people or you can't see because it's just pitch black. Um, and I think the last shows that they've come to, it's you know, it's been in a bigger venue where you can't really, you don't know where anybody is. So I think I'm able to just completely enter uh, a flow state, you know, and, and most of the time when I'm able to get into that state, I'm, I am not conscious of what is going on outside of it, you know, so as, outside of the stage, outside of the music. Wow. That's good. So yeah. would you say like we had on, I think, you know, Brendan from Oingo Boingo, former members yes. of him, yes. and we had several different musicians through the years and we've had people like him talk about how he's in his head going okay what did what did that sound like I need to change it for the next thing and I need to move differently for the audience like and he's in his head like figuring it out as he lets go kind of at the same time um yeah. do you feel you're more where you just let go and flow or is it kind of a mix of both um, it's it's a mix of both. Um, so for, for me, like my practice, because I uh, before a particular show or a tour, I will go into I call it old Tina mode, which is eight hours a day, 10 hours a day upset, like in front of the mirror, I will film myself from every angle because I want to know exactly what I'm doing because sometimes like we're not conscious of what we're doing, even even with the classical cello. I remember when I started filming myself when I got my first phone. And I'm like, and I, I, I apparently I used to do this thing where I was like grinding my jaw. It would go from side to side and I looked really weird. It looked like I was like trying to chew lettuce or something while I was playing. <laughs> and, and I had no idea. I'm like, why did nobody say, like no one said anything. So um, I, I, I do that so that I can, tr again, train my body because it's all muscle memory to do what I generally, what I think I want it to do and to be prepared to do that so that on stage, I'm not thinking about it. Cause so for me, if I'm on stage and I'm like, oh my God, what, you know, if it's like memorizing music. So sometimes there's three hours of music that's all by memory. And if I'm thinking, oh my God, what's next? Oh my God, you know, or if it's not prepared um, or I'm trying to like calculate certain things, it does take me out of it. Um, but as, as far as like on a purely physiological level, I think sometimes as I also as I'm getting older, I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm not, you know, in my early 20s anymore. So it, it is more difficult, like physically to be able to go full crazy for, you know, for three hours straight. Um, so sometimes, yeah, I will think, okay, I need to calm down. I need to like conserve energy at certain moments and then be able to um, have that juxtaposition. And I think I've found as I've maturated, you know, in my performance, 
sometimes the more extremes that you have, sometimes going crazy for three hours straight can be exhausting, not just for you, but for other people too, you know, mm -hmm. watching. Um, so I think finding that balance. So I, I would say it's like a mixture of both, you know, definitely both. Hmm. Right. Awesome. Yeah. It's so interesting to hear because we, you know, we do different things. So I love hearing what goes on in the mind, you know, someone that actually goes out and performs to that many people and is so talented. Um, you are also one of the ambassadors to Music Traveler, along with Hans Zimmer, Billy Joel, John Malkovich, Sean Lennon, Adrian Brody, and others. Can you tell us more? I, I read about that and I thought it was so interesting. And why is that so important and meaningful, especially right now? Yes, actually with Music Traveler, um, it was founded by a very good friend of mine, Alexi Gudisman, who um, I was actually a fan of his. He, he and his uh, partner, um, they have an amazing, it's like a musical duo, but it's also comedy. Um, and I remember watching their videos in college thinking, my God, these guys are like comedic geniuses and musical geniuses. So it was hilarious to watch. Um, and I met him while I was working on my first project that I did with uh, with Hans, which was Sherlock Holmes. Uh, and I remember that moment was really surreal. because I'm like, oh my God, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a, a goodest man to do. And so Alexi asked me to uh, be an ambassador for Music Traveler. Uh, but to be completely honest, I haven't really been super um, involved in it for, for a little bit. And I'm not quite sure what's going on since, um, since COVID because, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, you know, it's about providing practice spaces for musicians as they're traveling. But as we know, there has not been <laughs> a lot of musicians traveling. So I yeah. think it's, it's in like a hibernation state. Um, but I think it's really, really wonderful, you know, what, um, what he's doing. And I always am, I am really passionate about doing what I can to like help other uh, musicians, whether it's music related or it's something entrepreneurial, you know, related to music or helping it musicians have easier access to instruments, to rehearsal spaces and, and all of that. Hmm. And you also, um, I think, you, for self-expression and creativity, you say is very important for children and for adults. Can you talk a little bit further on that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, self-expression, I, I think, I don't know, like, like what you said earlier, even about um, how I was, you know, because of the repression, a yeah. lot of times, you know, in a pressure cooker, um, I think you either crumble, right, or you just go the complete opposite way and explode. And I think a lot of people do the explosion. Thankfully, I did not become a serial killer. I became a uh, cello player. Um, but, <laughs> yep. but, I, but I think there are people um, who, for whatever reason, you know, experiences that we have, how we're raised, our, our environments, like, sometimes we don't find the opportunity to fully express ourselves because, like, honest expression vulnerability. And I, I talk about this, I, I, I don't have it all figured out, you know, because I, I don't want it to sound like I think I, you know, I'm preaching or whatnot, because it's something I'm figuring out too. Because for me in my music, like when I'm on stage, when I'm ex expressing myself, it is, it is pure. There's no, there's, it's, it's coming from like a, there's no control. It just comes out. Right. Um, but I think in real life, you know, when you're dealing with people, with relationships, it's really difficult um, to be, completely vulnerable because you're, you're putting yourself in like a weak position. Um, but in general, just, I think being able to encourage people to have outlets, you know, to be expressive and to really, um, 
be okay. I'm feeling this uncomfortable feeling and not feel like, oh, I can't, I have to repress it, you know, or I can't express it or I can't talk about it or, oh, I'll be, I'll be made fun of, or, you know, they're not going to accept me or all of these things. I think all of us think, including myself um, to help, I think, find a way to help express it and to say, Hey, it's, it's okay, you know, to not be perfect and strong and whatever all the time. Um, And it's something that I wish, I really wish I had actually more exposure to growing up. Um, And I'm only, I think, realizing that now, you know, in my, like you said, my fifth seven year cycle. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So do you have a method for, you were talking earlier about law of attraction and manifesting, and it sounds like you've manifested a lot of things that are important to you or in serendipitous ways. Do you have a formula for that? Or is it more just that it's happened because of your mindset and your energy? Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I am really, really big on on energy on, um, you know, I, I don't like to be too like hard specific on any particular thing, but I do believe in whatever you want to call it, you know, a higher power, a universal energy, like soul connection, spirit, because I, I feel it, you know, and I don't know how to put it exactly into words because I don't know. Um, but I, as far as like manifestation to me, uh, that's a term, you know, and everybody has different definitions for their terms. But for me, it is, I think it starts with a desire. And who knows where that comes from? It's just within, you know? So for me, the desire was to be able to ex- explode my, like my feelings and my emotion and to be able to, yeah, it's, it's more about like emotional expression. You know, it wasn't even about, oh, I need to play the cello to make money. I mean, that was like a byproduct. I think it's just pure desire to like share my feelings and to uh, play music and to connect. That's where it came from. Um, but I did have very specific uh, visions. I remember I, I remember like I was thinking, God, it'd be, because I watched, you know, I was watching something, I think Guns N' Roses and like, oh, Slash is so cool. I wish I could like somehow play. I wish I was a guitar player. I wish I would have learned the guitar and I could play like lead guitar. And then I realized, well, I can play the cello. Like, so maybe there's like some way. So I, I didn't even know how it was going to manifest, but I had that vision of like, oh my gosh, like, I think I would die happy if like one day I could play in like a bigger, like in an arena somewhere, like just one time, you know, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to, to do that. And I, and it did manifest and it manifested actually more than what I was aiming for originally. Um, but also, you know, manifestation is not just saying that you want something, of course, and then hoping it's going to just drop out of the sky and into your lap. Um, it was, it was also a lot of obsessive, work seven days a week, 15 hours a day. I mean, I, I, um, I don't want to, uh, you know, not, not discredit, but I don't want to be unreal, like to, to lie about it and say that it was easy because I did sacrifice a lot of other things, you know, like a social life all to be able to put in, I think the amount of focused energy, um, on the career front. And I think now, you know, 15 years later, I feel like I'm in a place where I'm able to take my foot, not completely off the accelerator, but just a little bit and then find more of a balance with other areas of my life. Because um, it's like, it's like I've been working out one arm like so hard. And then I, and now I'm like just looking at my other one and going, Oh my God, (laughs) there's like a really, there's a, there's a, you know, something's off balance here. Um, But yeah, manifestation is I think passion, desire, pure desire. And I think if you truly, um, 
purely want something, you will put in the effort to, 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 you know, work your way towards it. Yeah, I can tell the difference because if, if someone is stating something with desperation and they're just like, yeah, I really want that. And they're just desperate and they, Mm -hmm. you know, yell it or write it, but they're not really doing the actions toward it. But instead you're passionate and enthusiastic. So it's a positive energy. Whereas a force or a desperation is more of a low energy, um, Mm -hmm. the high energy mixed with the action, you know, and, and everything you're doing is attracting it. Yes, I certainly hope so. And I I love what you said about the, um, the high energy, right? Because I think a lot of, I mean, I was even told, especially in the beginning, like when, because I I was also struggling, you know, for five, six years, living in uh, half of a garage with no air conditioning, no heat heater, because I couldn't literally couldn't afford anything more. Um, And like a lot of well meaning people told me, Tina, like, you're crazy. Like you need to stop doing this like electric cello, like go, you know, get, get a normal musician job, a classical musician job. You should teach. You should try to join an orchestra, you know, audition for orchestra. Um, and I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I was a little bit crazy, but I just, I think having this pot, like, like you said, it's a, I really felt like, no, I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I have to do everything I possibly can to try to get there before I give up. And I reached that point. I, I was ready to give up. And that's when like the, the break happened or began to happen. Um, but yeah, and, and again, so much of it is action. I have to say, I, I think it's even 70% action, you know, because it's easy for people. Um, unfortunately, it's I've met a lot of musicians and people who, you know, say everybody wants, I think, all these wonderful things. It's so easy to say it, um, but it's really hard to put in the actual work that it takes, you know, and I don't want to downplay the amount of work that it takes, but it's, it's, completely possible. And I've met so many inspiring, incredible um, people who've all worked and sacrificed a lot, you know, to, to reach whatever it is that they're trying to reach. Right. Is there a group or a band, like if they asked you, join our band for the next five (laughs) years, but you're solely in their band, is there a dream group or band that you would join? Um, you know, if, if this had, if you had asked me this like three years ago, even uh, definitely Rammstein, they're my favorite band, the German industrial metal band. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now like I, I am in a, a transitional time, you know, in my life. I've spent like prior to COVID, I was touring for about eight months out of every year. Um, and it's really, I don't want to say impossible, but it's very difficult to have a balanced life outside of that if you are gone for that long you know it's hard on I mean relationships first and foremost your romantic relationships building like a home life something um it's not conducive to that um and I realized uh a little over a year ago that I'm like wait I I want that experience like I think I've I've you know (laughs) lived a lot of like these goals and dreams that I had but it's not it's not enough you know, like uh, just pure, I think for me, it's like, yes, I love performing. I'm, I think I'll always do that. Um, and achievement, all this stuff, but it's not enough. You know, there's, there's other things that I want to experience. Um, and so now I'm focused more on continuing to, you know, work in soundtracks, game soundtracks, TV movies, um, and then also to write music. So to compose, um, and I will 
do some touring, but I've actually been turning down um, most most of the things that require me to leave for longer periods of time. And I think uh, getting pizza and bagel, my fur babies, that was actually part of my own promise to myself. I'm like, if I have two giant fur babies or 50 pounds each, um, oh, yeah, you can, you can leave them with a sitter. Oh, a golden doodle and a poodle. They're upstairs because they get really excited when I'm <laughs> on Zoom. Um, but you know, you you also have to make these choices to make it possible to manifest. Talk about manifesting certain things. I can't say, oh, I want to like you know have a family. Like if I meet the right person, I would love to have a family. I would love to experience that. You know, especially because I did not have a healthy experience of that growing up, and I would love to experience that. But I can't say that, and then go on tour for eight months out of the year. Like it's not, right. you know, those oh, things yeah. don't, yeah, don't work together. So mm-hmm. I, I felt like, okay, I've, I've given all of myself to, you know, to my work, to music. And it, now it's okay to find that balance with like human uh, or just person, you know, person aside from whatever I do and all that other stuff, you know, um, and to find that balance. Yeah. You got to make a vision board. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um. Well, what do you have coming up and where can everyone find you? Yes. So you can find me on all uh, social media sites at Tina Guo. That's G-U-O. My website is tinaguo.com. I'm very active on social media, probably a little overactive. Um, And then as far as what's going on, so Dune just came out. So I I worked on that soundtrack. Uh, Top Gun hopefully is coming out soon. I know they've been holding off because of you know, the stuff going on right now. Um, I think by the time this airs, uh, we will probably know if the tour with Hans, because we're supposed to be touring Europe, but again, because of our, you know, small worldwide pandemic situation, not quite sure what's going on there. Um, I'm currently in Las Vegas right now, but uh, the plan, I'm definitely moving back to Los Angeles this year. And I have a bunch of like different projects coming out again, all like soundtrack, video game stuff related. Um, I just, oh, the first uh, feature length film that I scored as a composer um, just had its uh, film uh, festival premiere in Italy two weeks ago. So that was like a, yeah, so that was exciting because I'm like, that's really the direction that I want to, you know, kind of move towards because I think it it allows for a more home-based life, you know, to be able to create music at home. Um, And then I'll keep, you know, working on music, doing my next album. I think the same, you know, the same stuff that I've been doing um, and... Yeah, and trying to, you know, stay healthy and do my yoga and not eat too much pizza. <laughs> don't don't eat your dog. <laughs> that would be bad. Pizza or bagel, which one? <laughs> oh god, but I love my carbs, obviously. <laughs> well, you've been a joy to talk to Tina and um I feel like, you know, it's the beginning of the year and listening to you made me so inspired to go for my goals and to have balance and have the morning rituals and all of that. And so thank you for that. I think it's going to be great for everyone to listen. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thanks so much for being here and sharing it, sharing everything with us. Oh, you're so welcome. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so want to let the audience know that we have Kim and I, we have a website that is fairly new. Um, it's talkpurposeandtruth.com. And on there, you'll find uh, that her and I are offering readings, either separate readings or together. And we also offer um, t- classes or just 
giving coaching. guidance, co- coaching on, on, or guiding on people who are interested in starting their own website. I mean, podcast. why did I say website? Well, website, no, we can, we're not the experts on that, um, on a podcast. So look at our website, check that out and uh, look at all that we offer on there and um, let us know if you're interested. You can always send us a message. Awesome. And we're available on every platform as well. So we'd love to hear from you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook. <laughs>